first of all, you know, people are absolute idiots because the explanation I'm going to give is going to make you all look like total idiots. Now, let's say in the Catalan, no, let's, let's show it because this is just, this is just embarrassing. Um, this is absolutely okay, how are we going to kick this off? And, and so we're recording this Thursday, September 8th, about 30 minutes before the start of round six of the Sinkfield Cup. Have you heard of it? Have you heard of the Sinkfield Cup, people? What was the one that someone was just like, if there's any more cheating, it's really going to sink the field in this cup. <laughs> Wait, that one was actually so funny. Or, no, no, the tweet was like, well, why don't you stop sinking the field by withdrawing from a round robin? Yeah, that is way better. Thanks for giving Kamanditsi credit for that. So we're starting, <laughs> we're starting round six, which means the discourse around the cheating scandal has been going on for days. And while I think we're starting to get a little tired of the same sides going back and forth and it's starting to feel a little dry, I was thinking this would be a good time for us to come in and lube it back up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like we could really massage some new material into this discourse for sure. And hopefully the way that people have really fixated on a couple of things I mean there's a couple of holes that we can try and plug in this conversation. If anyone can do it, JJ, I think it's you and I. Yeah, I mean, I think <laughs> that we just vibrate on the right frequency. <laughs> I, I do agree with your sentiment, though, that I think the discourse is getting a little bit repetitive. <laughs> so I, the way that I am sort of starting to read it is there's really just this back and forth between people who seem to be in Hans's camp kind of saying, hey, if there's any evidence that there was misconduct, then tell us what the evidence is. There's also certain people who have been speculating. Here's how this could happen. It's totally possible. But I sort of feel like all of Twitter right now is a lot of people essentially posting I have no actual additional information into this potential scandal, but ask me anything. However, my two cents on. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, um, funny at first, but it's getting, honestly, I'm getting a little bored. Oh, absolutely. I think boredom and tedium is a pretty natural reaction here because at first my thought was, okay, Magnus obviously wouldn't do this if he wasn't certain and he wouldn't be certain unless he straight up knew something. So within the next four, eight, 24 hours, shit is going to drop. And I'm so excited to see what this is. Either we're going to like find out he's full of it or something's huge. And then with like Hakario jumping on the bandwagon and like roasting Hans, it's like, okay, maybe this is some sort of open secret and it's really going to come out there. And the general opinion is some sort of deference or trust in Magnus. And then a full day goes by, nothing happens. No one says anything. And then weirdly, Hans gives a pretty passionate defense that seems genuine but i was kind of surprised that it had much impact on people but suddenly everything switches and the people who were like hey you know let's wait till we hear evidence before we accuse hans of anything are much louder and the people who were more suspicious are coming back around and now it's just kind of we're all invested and waiting around and trying to keep up the endorphins and dopamine hits we got off of the memes and are sucked into it when it's just clear that, um, as Grishuk described one of the games in Carlson Caruana 2018, nothing is happening and nothing is going to continue to happen. I will go outside and smoke a cigarette. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. That is the most perfect description. And that is my exact reaction. At this point, I feel not very hopeful that there is going to be any sort of definitive conclusion from any of this. Mm. And it feels sort of anticlimactic and disappointing. I don't know. I think we were ready for fireworks. And I, I think it's just going to be a lot of this back and forth. He said, he said. And it's boring to me. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And I think that the boredom 
is bringing out a couple feelings, which are not to be confused with facts, but some feelings and thoughts about chess Twitter in general or the idea of cheating in chess. Yeah, it definitely is bringing a lot of things to the surface. And I think it's just an interesting thing to talk about. One of the things I think has sort of resulted from a lot of this discourse is me realizing I I just feel so out of the loop and naive. (laughs) So first of all, I had to have someone tell me that Hans is actually American. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was confused by the accent. I didn't know where he was from. Definitely did not think he was from New York. Um, So that's the first. And I should say, I told you he was from New York. (laughs) He was living in New York as a teen. He grew up in the Bay Area with time spent in the Netherlands. Okay. (laughs) So that's the first area where my naivete shows. But also, I really was kind of under the impression that cheating over the board, especially at that level, was nearly, if not completely impossible. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that this is not the first time this has come up. And I was really kind of shocked to even hear those speculations. My first reaction was like, how is that even possible? Wait, I just realized I'm not sure the answer to this, but um, if I say toilet gate. Yeah, I only know about that because you told me, but I thought that that. Okay. Yeah, this is actually a really good thing to talk about. So maybe for our listeners who don't know what toilet gate is, let's start JJ by you describing toilet gate. Look, I've wanted to say this for a long time. <clears throat> Wikipedia toilet gate. <laughs> so cheating in chess at the grandmaster level. Yes, there's a long history of grandmaster strength players and titled players cheating in the computer era. Cheating in chess at the world class top event level doesn't have as much of a modern history. And just to say there's a huge difference between events that strong players play but are still like opens held in hotel banquet halls versus the literal metal detectors that you're going through to play at the Singfeld Cup. But the 2006 World Championship unification match between Kramnik and Topolov was when Kramnik, who honestly could start a career as the poster child for IBS, just look off his, his facial expressions alone, um, spent a lot of time in the bathroom and they have private bathrooms for each player, I guess. And so Topalov's trainer really started accusing Kramnik of cheating by doing something in the bathroom that was not kosher. And right. it became known as Toilet Gate. And to my knowledge, there's nothing that even counted as concrete evidence other than dude spent a lot of time in the bathroom. But there could be something to be said. Like Topalov looks like the Soviet villain from any James Bond movie. And I can imagine just not wanting to have him staring you down the whole time. Um, And maybe the bathrooms were really swanky. Or maybe he gets the nervous shits. Like, let the man sit on the toilet if he needs to. Let Kramnik shit. But still, that would probably be the biggest allegation of cheating. Yeah. So that I only knew, JJ, because you've previously told me that. But now we can think about in the more modern era when, like you said, they're going through metal detectors. From what I understand, there's a lot of people around. There's cameras on them. I was just sort of under the impression that it would be almost, if not totally impossible. Yeah. One thing that enemy of the podcast, no joke, Chris said is that (laughs) there is no theoretical limit on what a player can do to cheat. And there's always going to be theoretical limits on what an organizer can do to stop cheating. And that's kind of true in general, where just the the fact that we have security doesn't actually mean that something's perfectly safe. It actually just suggests that something needs to be safeguarded. I know. And I guess to me, it was just like, well, if people have their eyes on you basically every second, there's cameras on you, you're sitting in front of a chessboard, what can be done? So 
people have come up with some creative answers to that unrhetorical question. And maybe we can talk about some of the funnier or more serious ones. So one that had been floating around the underbelly of the chess internet for a while, and I think as of yesterday or today, picked up by the underbelly of the whole internet, Elon Musk, is that perhaps they were vibrating but not electronic anal beads (laughs) that Hans Niemann was wearing appropriately that were somehow communicating information to him. Bluetooth. Mm, mm-hmm. That would not be picked up by a metal detector. And then you would have somebody capable of watching the game. Maybe somebody is in the room or somebody is watching a live transmission because it wasn't until after Magnus withdrew that they started delaying the broadcast by 15 minutes and able to, to communicate things to him from that. Right. So I think the vibrating anal beads was the best answer. Was there anything else, JJ, that anyone had mentioned that seems either hilarious or possible or probable? Yeah. I mean, to me, what could be possible, and this was trendy early, was maybe this was a case of leaked preparation Mm. and that it wasn't so much that he was cheating over the board as much as he knew what variation Magnus was going to play. And with that information was able to come incredibly well-equipped and prepared. One reason for this was he said in an interview that like Magnus had played this variation, this G3 line against the Nimzo before, but then cited an incorrect tournament. And people were saying right. not only an incorrect tournament, but he didn't ever play that variation against Wesley So, let alone in that year. But then Hans came out later and was like, there's such a thing as transpositions. The game started as a Catalan, but like in my head, it functionally was a Nimzo. And like, I'm sorry that I didn't remember to say that it was a transposition. And I'm sorry that I got the location of the tournament wrong. But no, this was definitely something in his repertoire. And Magnus plays a lot of Catalan. So looking at how he plays the Catalan is reasonable. And that just seemed pretty compelling. But I mean, we'll get into the whole thing of like, what counts as evidence or what counts as a good argument or conclusive anything. But just to say, I think that the prep alone was what happened. Theory had a lot of sway when the thought was, oh, it sounds suspicious to say miracle of miracles. You looked at this variation last night and it's one that Magnus has never played before. That sounds like maybe it's leaked prep, but it sounds like that's just also not what happened. Right. So maybe we can also even talk about that at a bigger level, because I think what's so interesting about chess is that we actually have access to a lot of information of what people have played in the past. Mm -hmm. You can look Mm -hmm. up any player. You can look up games on chess space. You can look on chess opening tree. And you can see what your opponents, if you know who you're going to play, have played in the past, which is slightly different than opening prep. But we actually do have access to a lot of information of lines that people play. And that can actually really help us tailor our own opening prep if we know who our opponent is. And it's a feature of these professional tournaments that as round robins, you know your opponents well in advance and you find out the colors in advance. And it's not like one of these dreaded American Swisses where even if it's a 90-30 FIDE rated event, you get your pairing 15 minutes before. And it's like, okay, it's going to take 15 minutes to ride the elevator up to my computer and back down So do I want to be late because I spend a few minutes prepping or do I want to be late because I was online to get a coffee? (laughs) Those are the only options. (laughs) Team team coffee. Uh, You're going to be late to your shitty chess tournament no matter what. Always. Yeah, of course. Of course. So I think that some people have kind of speculated, you know, where is the line for what would be cheating in terms of opening prep? But Mm. those things do feel very different to me. And we can Mm. even think about other sports where there's been scandals around cheating. So like the baseball team that had private information about the team's hand signals for what kind of pitches they were going to throw or whatever. 
Yeah. I don't know how that works, <laughs> but um. Well, there's pitchers and catchers, <laughs> and there's actually some players who do both of those positions. They're called switchers. <laughs> They're called switchers. Actually, in the history of baseball, there's never been a pitcher who also plays catcher. But in me and JJ's universe, it's totally possible. <laughs> but that, to me, feels very different than saying, oh, I watched all their games on tape because those are live broadcasted on TV. So we looked to see what they've played before, and then we did our own preparation. And of course, that preparation would be heavy on engine use. Like, Not only would no one be upset that you were prepared because you could figure out what kind of mm-hmm. opening they were going to play based off the past, but no one would be upset if you also heavily used a powerful engine to assess what you're going to play too. That's all kosher. Right. So I don't know how common that whole leaked prep situation is, but I know, you know, especially at that level... That's everything, right? Right. When you're preparing for those types of tournaments, that's where all of your time and all of your energy and all of your study is going into are these very intricate lines and all these GMs are trying to find, okay, is there one novel move here? Is there a variation that isn't already well known that I can try to scrape out even the smallest advantage in the opening or the early middle game? Because right now I feel like with engines and with so much knowledge about those opening lines that's available in a way that it really wasn't 10, 20, 30 years ago, Mm -hmm. that really is a make or break situation. So I imagine that that opening prep is, you know, coveted. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. I don't know how common that situation is. Yeah. I mean, if the prep was leaked, then that would definitely be cheating. That would be huge. But if the prep was specifically leaked to Hans, wouldn't it be weird that Magnus's response was to withdraw? That's Um, exactly what I was going to say, JJ. And I think that that is a good point. But I don't know, maybe Magnus thinks, okay, if I have someone on my team who leaked prep to Hans, maybe they're also leaking prep to all my opponents. Maybe someone's trying to sabotage me. I don't know. But you would hope, you, and this is kind of going into something that I'm very interested in, which is the philosophy of language question of yeah. Magnus accuse Hans of cheating? Right. Okay, good question. I'm so curious if you and I, before we mm-hmm. talk about any of the nuance, if we just had to take a hard stance, what do you say? Yes or no? I'm writing mine down. Okay, I'm going to write mine down too. Let's see how synced we really are, JJ. Right. I like how we write them down so we can't cheat. Did you get my vibration? <laughs> oh, that was you? <laughs> Ready? Ready. One, two, three. Yeah. Fuck yeah. We both wrote yes. <laughs> <laughs> Me and JJ never miss. <laughs> so importantly... Magnus's tweet withdrawing from the tournament stated that he was withdrawing, didn't state a reason why, said that he hoped to play in St. Louis or tried to make it clear that it had nothing to do with conditions of the tournament. Yep. And he also did make that tweet about the biggest chess scandals of all time and made that crappy meme. I mean, he mm-hmm. very explicitly alluded to the fact that there was possible misconduct. I think it's fair to say, yes, he has publicly made the very strong inference that he left because he suspected Hans of cheating. I'm going to add one more nuance to my yes. Brilliant. If he did not include the gif of Mourinho in that tweet saying, I have nothing to say because I will get in a lot of trouble and I don't want to be in trouble. If he did not include that gif, I am not sure that I would have said that he accused, that he had publicly accused Hans of cheating. Okay. I would be more on board with the there is an implication. Yeah. And so the reason why this is something that is actually a useful distinction is we can talk about what is said versus what is implied. The meanings of the words, if you look them up in a dictionary and put them together of like, I'm withdrawing from the tournament and I loved playing in St. Louis before and I hope to play here again. And you're asking, okay, how does that semantically lead to the conclusion that his round three opponent, Hans Niemann, cheated? 
It doesn't. So if you want to start to move from how did those words lead to that conclusion, you have to say, well, how were those words used beyond just their literal semantic meaning? And what stories could you give? Well, I mean, here's an easy one. Let's see. If the words themselves don't actually offer an explanation of why he would withdraw, then we have to assume that there's an explanation that's missing. And B, it's an explanation that he would not want to be on the record as committed to. Yep. Him even saying, I had a great time playing in St. Louis, was to communicate, I am not leaving because of a problem with the tournament or the organizers. It was meant to let us start to fill in those blanks, right? Agreed. However, one could argue that it is still too much of a leap to move from that to the reason why I'm leaving out is because my opponent was cheating. I can think of lots of other totally reasonable reasons to withdraw that you wouldn't want to include. For instance, there's a family member who is sick. I just got broken up with. Someone on my team might be leaking prep to everyone and I don't know who. I lost a million dollar bet online. There are lots of things from the totally understandable to the totally degenerate that could explain why somebody would want to drop out of a chess tournament halfway through that they also wouldn't want to be on the record as saying. So to go straight to the conclusion that the only thing that he could mean is he thinks his opponent cheated and no one's doing anything, I think would be too much of a stretch until you get to the gif underneath the text. I've noticed that the way some people cover that tweet is just to say he withdraws and doesn't say why, which to me is totally different than he withdraws and doesn't say why, but does include a gift suggesting that he believes there's a scandal going on and can't say why. And I guess you could make the argument that, well, there's other things that maybe he couldn't say why either, right? Like, what if he had to sign an NDA over this crazy night he had? No, no, that's not (laughs) that's not what's going on. The reason why is because. And it's also for context of the gift, like this was over a massive complaint with fair play. Like the context is all there. And I think that's enough to kind of rule out a lot of the other things it could be. And then if you think about the information as a whole, where the next day chess.com, which has just acquired Magnus and all of his chess conglomerate. Like us. (laughs) Yes, like us, bans Hans for fair play, I think. Or, Or locks him out of his account. This is also something that's unclear. This is, I think he says he's locked out of his account and they've told him that he can't play in this upcoming 10 0 global championship. But that's come from Hans. I don't think I've seen chess.com deny it, but I'm not sure I've seen anyone confirm this. Either. Okay. Okay. Um, which is also interesting, but you are getting onto a good point there, which is so between Hikaru, who's the poster child of chess.com, and then apparently chess.com itself taking these pretty public, but again, not explicit stances, right? I think, Mm -hmm. JJ, something that's also important to say that you've just alluded to is that everyone is performing as if they're being very careful about what they're saying and what they can say. But to me, it sort of feels like, for example, Hikaru is on his stream blatantly referring to the fact that he believes that Magnus is convinced that Hans cheated. Blatantly, but implicitly. (laughs) Speculating all the reasons why or ways or that Hans cheated, but the whole time going, but I'm not going to speculate. while speculating for 50 minutes straight. So yeah, shots have clearly been fired. And what I don't like about the way that it's been done is that they've gone about it in such a way where they have very clearly communicated what the suspicions of what the accusations are, mm-hmm. but by not actually saying it, they haven't allowed us to open the conversation to say, great, tell us why, sort of like defend your case here. Exactly. When you go on the record, you're on the hook for things. And right. by insisting they haven't gone on the record, they're playing this kind of semantic game. You also had that egregious Chess24 article where the headline was just, do you think Hans Neiman cheated? Which is like the equivalent of 
you know, Trump baselessly saying that the election was stolen from him and Fox News being like, poll, do you think the election was stolen? You have this thing where evidence has not been presented and it's just being presented as if it's an opinion question that you, the viewer, can weigh in on. And so you have, on the one hand, you have a company that's under the Play Magnus group. And now on the other hand, you have that merging with chess.com. And on the third hand, all of these sites have also become the preeminent news sources for chess. And now they're owned by people with vested interests and like you playing and protecting their players or streamers or partners or something. And it's like, wouldn't it be cool if there was enough competition in this sector to where a quote unquote news site putting out something like that made them get the reputation of the Fox News of chess news and no one took them seriously anymore. But no, because at this point, that space is so small and so monopolized that won't happen. And you can get this pretty egregious stuff that definitely is propaganda, whether the editor understood it or not, or was doing that with an intention or not. They're probably just trying to get clicks. Of course there's the intention. Come on, JJ. Of course there's the intention. It's like you're not just asking questions. Philosophy of language. Language has meaning beyond its meaning. I definitely could have said that better myself. (laughs) I won't What do they say at Stanford, JJ? (laughs) Uh, Hey, are you ever going to (laughs) finish? Oh, you meant in general. (laughs) Yeah, no, I meant the Stanford philosophy department, not me in bed. (laughs) (laughs) Similarly to that, I'm on Hans on Twitch's chess.com profile right now. His last game played was August 29th. The account is open, but there's nothing on the site that's telling us that he's been locked out of his account or banned or anything. That's just what he's communicated. So he's communicated that. And I mean, I'm not saying that to say so we can't trust him. I'm saying that to say that chess.com, similar to Magnus and Hikaru, haven't taken a stance. Right. Some of the possible silver linings of this truly mm. terrible situation, which I mm. think that we can agree is bad for chess in a lot of ways, yes. but it has brought a lot of important issues to light. I thought you were going to say that the top influences in chess have a tremendous amount of power. And days after learning that the power interests represented by Magnus have merged with those of chess.com, which are also Hikaru's, at least in this case, we're seeing this effect of a monopoly. Yes. So basically everything that people were kind of a little bit worried about has come to light very, very quickly. So if all of this is true, that you know Hans is innocent, that they've banned him from the website, that they're excluding him from the tournaments after he beats Magnus, they've accused him of this thing that isn't true. I mean, that is so incredibly problematic. Yeah. And again, another level of the opacity, besides not knowing for certain that Hans has been shut out of anything from chess.com or whether he'll be Mm -hmm. disinvited from anything from chess.com or chess24 or any of those events. Um, Mm -hmm. They also, as private companies, they don't owe us any information. So you have people saying, well, you have no reason to believe that whatever chess.com did or didn't do had anything to do with this or anything to do with what Magnus has said or even whether they've talked to Magnus. And it's true. We don't. But that's like also kind of the problem is like, imagine how easy it would be For Magnus, you know, in a world where Magnus was kind of just like implying that he was too hungover to continue or something, and then realized that his comments were accidentally taken as an inference that Hans cheated, imagine how easy it would be to cancel that implication because he never said Hans cheated and then had to retract it and say, no, I was making something up. I'm hungover for him to say, shit, shit, no. 
that was a joke. I'm just really hungover. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Hans. Like that would be so easy, right? Or how easy it would be for chess.com to be like, we haven't disinvited Hans from anything, question mark. But also because no one said anything, they don't owe us an explanation for any of those things either. So we can't infer that oh, it must mean that it was because of Magnus, because chess.com said that it wasn't, because there is no saying, there is no conversation being had. Right. And we also can't demand answers to something that hasn't been concretely put on the records. Especially when these are private interests that an individual is an interest that are not beholden to us in any ways. It would be easier to demand totally. something. If we were like shareholders or stakeholders in some way, we could demand information that hasn't been put on the record because they were beholden to us. But for private companies, we certainly can't. We probably can't even if they said something, but we could at least try. Yeah. I think a lot of people were really excited when they found out that the Play Magnus group had been either acquired or was merging with chess.com. And there was a few voices kind of saying, hey, wait, this is potentially not the best thing for the chess online community as a whole. And now people are very quickly realizing like, hey, wait, yeah, monopolies might not be great. <laughs> it looks weird, right? There could be some downsides here. Yeah. And to, to tease this out a little more, to pull out the next bead as we unravel, <laughs> I think that it's also bringing out a pretty good conversation about how either individuals determine that their opponent is cheating, even when they're as strong as Magnus or Hikaru, or how a site like chess.com or Lee Chess determine that somebody is cheating and decides to ban them from the website. Like mm -hmm. having having discussions about how this is done, I think is important because for companies like chess.com, their cheat detection is proprietary. So we don't know what the algorithm is. And even for open source products like Lee Chess, they're not very transparent about exactly how their cheat detection works for the simple reason. And Chris has talked about this, including on Ben Johnson's podcast. I mean, Ben Johnson's other podcast. And it's the simple reason <laughs> of like, look, can you think of an easier way to encourage cheating than telling could-be cheaters exactly what we do to stop cheating? Yeah. Um, so there's this extent to which any sort of anti-cheat measures, cheat prevention measures are going to require a certain amount of opacity. Totally. And I think everyone's okay with that. Oh, and totally. I'm even thinking about, JJ, how in that game that you and I were playing, where mm. I couldn't figure out why it resigned our game... And you and I eventually realized it was because I opened our game in Firefox, which I almost never, ever do. <laughs> and Firefox is the only browser I have that mm. has like the chess scan. So if I'm like doing puzzles or doing something online, I can scan the position. I had that open and I clicked your uh -huh. my game, did not scan our position whatsoever. But yeah. that extension was open and it immediately resigned our game. Which is great. Yeah, exactly. Which is great. That is a perfect feature for Lee Chess to have. And yeah. I'm glad that they have that. And if someone's using an engine on Lee Chess, I think it's great that they end the game. And you and I were able to start it from the same position and keep playing because Lee Chess is awesome. Yes, that sounds like a good preventative measure. But yeah. I don't think that to be banned for cheating, the site in question has to have knowledge that you had an engine running. They can do other things such as looking at the accuracy and quality of the games over many games right. and consistency. And if they can prove a pattern, it becomes this kind of probabilistic argument. So again, I don't know what I'm talking about here, even if it is an algorithm. What that algorithm is doing ultimately is telling us that this kind of accuracy in these kinds of positions would not be done unless the player was of the skill level with a percentage certainty of super high number, right? Like there is no algorithm that's going to tell us it is literally impossible that a human played these moves. And chess.com has been specific. Hey, our 
cheat detection system is not based purely on percentage of accuracy. Oh, right, right. It's more than that. Well, or, that's because you can get a 95% accurate game if you hang your queen on move eight and then shuffle your pieces around for 50 moves waiting your opponent to mate you. Um, yeah, or if your opponent plays really badly and they're hanging pieces left and right, you're going to play a really accurate game and just pick up the pieces. So it can't be just based on percentage. Exactly. I'm sure that like the algorithm puts it all in there. But at the end of the day, you're still banning somebody based on the statement that it is statistically or probabilistically very unlike that they could have played this well, but that's not evidence of cheating in the sense of I caught you. I found your butt plug. It's evidence of cheating in a in a different sense, right? Yeah, totally. And I think that if that algorithm is in such a way that they say we have to be extremely sure there's a wide margin of error. <laughs> yeah. But the reason I was harping on this whole like probabilistic stuff and like what would the algorithm be for catching a cheater? Is because yeah. this is, I think, really key to what's so difficult about the Magnus accusation that he totally made, even though he didn't make it, which right. is when you're that good of a player and you have that good of a memory and you have that much access to information. I think it's plausible to say, look, Magnus is running his own anti-cheating algorithm in his head and has this idea, not just of I have this belief during my game that Hans was cheating because I'm Magnus and a player like that should never be able to beat me. But more like I've been watching a lot of this dude's games. I've been watching his online games. I've been watching his slow games. I've been watching the rise. And I got to be honest, again, this is all me like putting thoughts in Magnus's head. This is not anything he said because as we established, right. he hasn't said anything. If a player of Magnus's caliber, I think could easily say, look, you know, there seems to be a trend to the kind of positions where he excels in or never errs in, in a way that I've never seen before, or in a way that happens in his OTB games, but doesn't happen for online games, or happens in a way where he just has suddenly almost a switch has been flipped and it went from this being an area where he was pretty flawed to an area where he is flawless like no one I've ever seen before. And mm -hmm. now finally that happened in my game against him. And that's the final straw. But what it is for me is I've thought in my Magnus algorithm that the probability of a player his level playing these sorts of positions so well was like below 5%, below 1%. And now this was the last straw I needed. And now I'm convinced. There's a sense in which that kind of judgment is exactly what an online anti-cheating algorithm would be saying when they ban you. Mm -hmm, okay. And there's a sense in which him not telling us any of that is exactly what anti-cheating mechanisms do when they ban you. They don't tell you that you've crossed the probability threshold. They don't tell you what kinds of positions right. you played too well, and they don't tell you which games they looked at. So there's this funny sense in which if Magnus is convinced and we assume that he's been suspicious for a long time, and not just that this was an on the whim thing after losing one game, then I'm not saying what he did is okay or that he's justified, but I'm saying that what he's done could very well be pretty much what any chess website does when they ban a player. Yeah. Based on something think, unlikely. Yeah. And I also think it's interesting that you bring that up, JJ, because I've seen a lot of people saying just because Magnus is convinced, that's not proof or that's mm -hmm. not evidence. And I agree with one of those statements, but not the other one. I agree. It's not proof. Mm -hmm. But Actually, for me, yes. it, it does influence the way that I think about the situation. If mm -hmm. Magnus is convinced, I sort of trust his judgment better than I would trust my own ability to look at the game and figure Easily. it out. Like that Easily. actually does sway me a little bit. And that is also in the context of understanding, yes, he was the one playing the game. He can't be totally impartial because he lost and there is going to mm -hmm. be some bias there. But it does land with me at least a little bit. 
This is not something that Magnus says every time he loses. He's never left a tournament like this. If Magnus is convinced that Hans cheated, that is something that I would take really seriously. Right. Yeah. And I love that proof evidence distinction because in the sense of if you wanted proof, like, yeah, proof might be... You find a wire on Hans. (laughs) The smoking butt plug. Yeah, the smoking butt plug. (laughs) But in that sense, I just want to remind that like when you're seeing these accounts closed for cheating online, they never show us the smoking butt plug. So there's a sense in which when you're saying, well, Magnus shouldn't have said anything unless he had proof. There's a sense in which what you're actually saying is you're holding Magnus to a higher standard than you hold whatever website you play onto. Yeah. But now maybe that's okay because Magnus is not supposed to be the arbiter of cheating. So you could still be mad at Magnus for doing it. But I do want to be clear that like accounts are closed all the time based on something that wouldn't count as incontrovertible proof, right? Like saying, mm-hmm. well, where's his mm-hmm. proof if it's just his suspicion? No, there's a huge difference. Like, this is what you're saying is evidence. It's like, yeah, if Magnus is convinced that he's cheating and has good reasons for it, A, that is how accounts are banned all the time. And B, we never yeah. get the explanation for how those decisions are made. Yeah. So now everyone's demanding it now. Yeah. It's like, well, this is how we've actually always done it. That so. is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And I think people just want the smoking butt plug. They and really I don't do. think we're going to get that. I think the only way that we would possibly get that is if someone comes forward and admits that something happened. Right. Like if Hans did have someone helping him, if Hans did have someone like prepped to him or if Hans himself (laughs) was like, actually, it's true, except for in those very dramatic extreme circumstances, which I don't imagine happening, we're never going to get that. And this ties into something else too. So we have this like linguistic question of, is there an accusation? And then you have this epistemological question of what counts as proof or evidence or certainty. There's also just a moral question of, okay, so Magnus has certainty. Magnus has the expertise to determine whether this is suspicious, probably Mm -hmm. just about as well as anyone on the planet. And if he reaches the conclusion that he's certain that there's foul play, then we can say maybe that's just as good as chess.com doing it. But then there's the moral question of what ought he do? Ought he Mm. make a public stink because he has a certain belief and he's in a position to be correct? Um, ought he not do that because he's not the arbiter and he shouldn't do that unless he's seen the butt plug itself. And I think that's a kind of interesting question too, that keeps coming up where it's even if he is certain, should he have gone about it in this way? And you might think, yes, if you don't do that, no one's going to pay attention. Nothing's ever going to change. Or you might think, no, you might've just ruined Neiman's career based off of your own conviction and your beliefs and nothing else. Right. <laughs> and my stance on the morality of that is so hinged on, okay, well, did Hans actually do it or not? <laughs> like, if Hans <laughs> is innocent, it's very easy to say this is wrong. Yeah. Um, oh, of course. But if Hans has cheated or did cheat in his game with Magnus and Magnus reacted in this way, it's very understandable. I would be upset about that too. That would be something where I would want people to be reacting to it. And that's something that's so frustrating about Magnus is I feel like it's a big part of his personality that he just like has no patience or tolerance for social niceties. So like yeah. if if he believes that his opponent cheated and he believes that going through the proper channels of like the FIDE ethics com- committee are going to be a bureaucratic nightmare and are not taken seriously. And then he believes that the only way to get people to take this seriously is to make a public stink. He hasn't even made it. <laughs> which he hasn't made. Imply a yeah. public stink. 
then he's going to take that route every time in a way that when he's right, you applaud somebody for taking that bravery. Like if it turns out that Hans cheated and gets caught, then I think over time we forget that Magnus didn't even make an accusation. And it's like if Magnus didn't have the conviction to come out and say that, then probably this would have been swept under the rug or never been found out. Yes, but and I think mm-hmm. something that you, JJ, are alluding to, but I think is worth saying out loud is that in handling it this way, Magnus has nothing at stake. Magnus has no horse in this race. Magnus has nothing to lose. Mm -hmm. Um, He hasn't had to make any claims. He hasn't had to actually say anything. And Hans has a lot to lose. Hans has everything to lose. Mm -hmm. He he has his entire career. And frankly, even if nothing ever comes to light and no one is ever able to prove that Hans cheated, I think this is going to be a mark on his career it's hard to get away from this. Exactly. Yeah, you're right. And so even if, you know, Magnus starts doing this to every player every time he loses a game over time, then he would lose something. He would lose a lot of credibility. But yeah, it's impossible to prove innocence. It could be possible to prove guilt, but it's impossible to prove innocence. So Magnus is never going to take the reputational hit of being incontrovertibly wrong. And if anything, you know, if Hans keeps having good results, then the people on Magnus' side are just more and more convinced that Hans is getting away with it and Magnus Magnus wasn't taken seriously. If Hans stops having good results, then the people are like, see, this proves it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So Magnus has nothing at stake, not just because did he say or imply, but Magnus has nothing at stake because he can only be proven right. He can't be proven wrong. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It is a shitty situation. So I'm glad that people are kind of acknowledging that aspect. There is a power imbalance here. And if he's innocent, this is such a shitty situation for Hans. And it's not right. And I think the other thing that's not right is part of what makes it a shitty situation is viewers like us, social media. Now, we've been nothing but delightful in our handling of the situation personally. (laughs) But there is something to be said, too, of, you know, if Magnus doesn't make the tweet, okay, sure. But already you had accounts with names like unsubstantiated chess rumors reminding us that Hans had been accused of cheating before and then... People are pointing out that, you know, whether it was the intention or not, Hikaru's subscription numbers have gone up since his rants. Something wild, right? Like 40%. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that was a question that I kind of very earnestly had. I was sort of confused why everyone was sort of talking and complaining about how Hikaru was kissing Magnus's butt and he's kind of acting like Magnus is crony and making the accusations so that Magnus doesn't have to. And I was sort of genuinely confused because I've always felt there was some type of tension or even Mm -hmm. rivalry between them. And I was like, what happened to the rumors that Magnus would have played in the World Championship if Hikaru had been second instead of Ding because he would never let Hikaru. But those were all unsubstantiated. But those did sort of hint at an underlying assumption that the two had kind of this tension or rivalry or animosity between them, where all of a sudden now it's like Hikaru is Magnus's henchman and like they're in it together with chess.com to bring Hans down. But the easy and cynical answer is that um, the candidates tournament was before the acquisition of playmagnusgroup.com and this is after. That's the cynical answer. I agree. And people also kind of rightly pointed out like when Hikaru started talking about it, his views went way up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So like just follow the money, right? That is more important to him than any kind of theoretical tension between him and Magnus. That That seems true for sure. But also just to remind us that we know nothing, but also, you know, we don't know what we don't know. Like if it's kind of an open secret among top players that it's not just Magnus has his own suspicions about Hans, it's possible that like all these players have thought this, then like, 
then it's less about Hikaru has Magnus's back and more like now that someone's speaking up about this thing that we've all been suspicious of for the past two years. I now feel like I have the permission and the freedom to do that too. Exactly. That all makes perfect sense. Yeah, but, but we don't know. And you are also bringing up a good point at how many people have like jumped on this bandwagon to sort of profit off yes. of this absolute shitstorm. So if you go on YouTube right now, all of the chess thumbnails are pictures of Hans's face and like, did Hans cheat? How I beat Hans in 2020. Everyone is definitely trying to make a buck off the scandal. And one person I think tried to really roast us on Twitter, which public service announcement, don't. It won't end well <laughs> for being like, oh, now you're trying to profit off of, yes, we're selling shirts that are both like <laughs> free Hans and free Magnus. And actually, I think Hans did cheat, but a picture of his face anyways. Like, <laughs> yes, we have joke shirts for whatever. And tell us if you have an opinion about the scandal that is not adequately represented by our shirts, let us know and we'll make one for you. Like, <laughs> yes, that's the joke. <laughs> that's the joke, you idiot. What did I respond to that person? I was like, please buy a t-shirt. <laughs> please, we have families to feed. <laughs> I'll ask you nicely one more time. Combined, JJ and I have nine mouths to feed. Please <laughs> buy one of our t-shirts. They're actually hilarious. Buy a t-shirt. <laughs> so I think I would actually feel differently, you know, if like I log on to Teespring and find out that like we've sold 10,000 and made considerable money off mm -hmm. of those shirts. I would feel some type of way of being like, oh, holy shit, we just profited off this scandal. But that's not what we're doing. That's not what we're trying to do. And I really don't yeah. think that's ever going to happen. No, we're obviously in it for the laughs and the memes. And if we make $20, it'll be a shock. <laughs> yeah. And I'll donate it to Lee Chess or like... Straight to the Lee Chess Fund. Oh, exactly. Yeah. For that, for that much money, you could probably get like a three-month membership at chess.com. I could get three free passes of cheating on Lee Chess. <laughs> <laughs> if you pay them, they, mm -hmm. they actually just turn the engine on for you. Yeah. How do you think that a nonprofit runs? <laughs> you want to keep the website up and running somehow. Exactly. But just in general, right? So you're profiting off of it. Or what we have done is we've made some pretty high quality memes because this is the week before the podcast yeah. is coming back and we already had on our calendar to log into the podcast account and make memes. And now it's suddenly much easier to get engagement because of this shit. <laughs> it was divine timing. <laughs> it was wonderful timing, but we made a concerted effort to like really not pick a side and just be like equal yeah. opportunity, stupid. So maybe play <laughs> off the scandal, but less like play off of one side because I think that something that is happening is kind of scary is, you know, the th mom mentality. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I know that you have a lot of thoughts and like work with clients about social media and like, the horrible impact mm. that like that can have. And I think there's something going on here too, both for the effect it would have on Hans in particular, but even I was thinking just in general of the psychology of being part of a mob and what that does to you, because <laughs> that doesn't sound very good or healthy either. Totally. First Magnus left and there were some accusations and people were like, yeah, maybe Hans is cheating and kind of quote unquote playing detective and trying to figure out how can I sitting in my chair at home, look at the game and look at that opening prep and look at his interview where he didn't know the variations and I'm going to figure out if Hans cheated. So people mm -hmm. were speculating. Mm -hmm. But then he came out with the other interview where he said, look, I admit that I've done this in the past, but only online and not over the board. I'm totally clean. And people were really swayed by this. And they were like, yeah, wait, Magnus and Hikaru are in bed with chess.com. And the mob totally flipped. And it uh -huh. was very much like free Hans. And this isn't right. And people were totally incensed by it. And just seeing 
how that has gained so much momentum in that direction so quickly on Twitter, on Reddit, on Twitch. It's kind of overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and super depressing. And I think so in addition to like the tedium of just watching all of these predictable reactions to every phase of the drama, I think and I do have some genuine like anger, or at least frustration watching yeah. the mom mentality follow and just be like, yep, you were responding to the last stimulus that was put in front of you. <laughs> and, exactly. Yeah. And because this is Twitter, you now believe that not only do you get to have these feelings and conviction in them, but you get to share them and I'm supposed to see them or mm-hmm. react to mm-hmm. them as well or feed to that. And I'm just here trying to make some memes. <laughs> yeah. But I think what it boils down to that you and I have been kind of circling around is that we just don't know. There's no way that we in our chairs at home can know. And overall, I'm actually just getting a little bit bored of the witch hunt. Like, it's just the same regurgitation of non-information. So I think the memes are funny. But other than that, the people who are thinking about this really earnestly, it's exhausting me. I was interested for a couple hours when it first happened, but now we've had days of this. And frankly, I am becoming not interested anymore. And maybe one silver lining of this for me is this morning, I actually, for the first time since before the scandal in a while, I actually closed out of my browser, closed out of Twitter. And I actually like spent an hour or two just going through a chess book this morning. And I think it just made me realize like, okay, wow, there's a sense in which when the chess social media, chess social stuff, when there's occasional puzzles or good games or interesting discussions about time management or things that are actually relevant going on, it's very easy almost to waste a lot of my mental energy that I have for my own chess on that stuff while pretending like I'm, quote, doing chess. And the silver lining of this becoming such a dramatic shit show is I couldn't pretend that I was doing chess anymore. And it made me actually want to like close out of Twitter and do chess. And that actually was really nice. And it turns out that um, I liked it. And I might do it again next month. It's so funny that that's exactly what you said, because, yeah, one, it's like we can't even pretend this is not just a soap opera. (laughs) The real chess players of St. Louis. I like that tweet. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's hilarious. (laughs) That's very funny. Yeah. Someone responded to one of my tweets with like, when did chess become the Kardashians? (laughs) And it's like, uh, that's very, that's very self-inflated. But oh, the response there is there's always been a strong Armenian influence in chess. (laughs) Why didn't you write that? That's funny. Well, I just thought of it now. But there is also a tweet from like maybe 2010 or 2012 of Kim Kardashian because her dad's side of the family, they are Armenian. Like Kim Kardashian being like, I've always wanted to learn how to play chess. Wonder if uh, tagged Levan Aronian will teach me. And I just love that like within Armenian American circles, he's so famous that like Kardashian knows who Aronian is. That's a big deal. Yes. But it's just like, yeah, anybody who's anybody who's Armenian, like, yeah, Aronian is like one of the biggest sports heroes in the country. Like, of course she knows who he is. But just to say, yeah, that would be my joke. Yeah. Oh my God. I love it. And then, yeah, also, you know, like, Nate Salen posted some cool endgame position and was like, white can win immediately. And the answer was not immediately obvious. In fact, I never got it. <laughs> I'm I'm still thinking about it. And I was glad no one had posted the answer I'll yet when I was later. looking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that looked really cool though. But I was enjoying thinking about it. Mm. And I almost had this moment of like, I'm so glad that one person is actually posting real chess content right now. It felt so refreshing. So you're totally right. I think normally there's enough of that where I'm like, oh yeah, being on Twitter is actually my tournament prep. (laughs) But that's total bullshit. And I was also very happy to see you doing some real chess study today. That was very refreshing. 
It was nice. Yeah, I'm for it. Read a goddamn book, y'all. Read a book and read a non-chess book. We know you're not reading your chess books. No one has ever finished a chess book cover to cover. That is a myth perpetuated by by the ben professional Johnson. chess book review. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. <laughs> They're like, we've yeah. totally read this entire book, which we do all the time, and all chess players <laughs> do a lot with many books on chess. And having definitely read this book cover to what's the other one called? Oh, cover. <laughs> the other one. <laughs> That's so. Funny. Um, okay, we're gonna edit that so that my reaction doesn't seem like I'm laughing so hard. I don't think JJ is that funny. I think JJ is medium funny. But um, yeah, for those of you listening, if you also kind of struggle to get through a chess book from cover to what's the other one called cover, this is a great moment for us to talk about our sponsors, Chessable. Yeah, whether you need to plug the holes in your opening repertoire or whether you just need to assess the vibrations in your game. You don't even need both your Hans to hold the book. <laughs> so stupid. And you can check out the new course by David Howell and Magnus Carlsen on Grind Like a Grandmaster, which has a totally new meaning now. Jezebel, are you listening to this promotion? You do not pay us enough. That was gold. I'm worried they're going to stop paying us now. Are you kidding, JJ? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if that doesn't make them money, literally nothing will. People, seriously, though, buy some chess level courses and tell us how they go. I've been really into the Tactics for Club Players and Advanced Tactics for Club Players books by um, New and Chess or by Erwick, but they're listed as by New and Chess on there. Uh, 1,001 puzzles each. And the club one is really accessible for a lot of 12, 1,400 plus players. And the advanced one cool. is just a real delight too. And I think those are fantastic puzzle collections. Cool. Okay. So Chessable. Chessable. While we plug Chessable, <laughs> you can plug the holes in your pawn structure. Hashtag plug and play. <laughs> that was so funny. Thank you. That was so funny. One, one. As always, thank you for letting us take you into this deep, dark forest. Where 2 plus 2 equals 5, and the path leading out is only wide enough for listeners like you. Intro and outro music provided by JPEG Mafia. We would be truly touched if you subscribe and leave us a glowing review. And tell all of your friends. (laughs) Yeah, all of them. And every week, we'll be gifting one lucky subscriber who leaves a 5-star review a lifetime premium diamond membership to leechess.org. Unlocking all of their features. Even that? Especially that. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at ChessFeelsPod. Oh, and if you didn't like what you heard, do not hesitate to message any feedback. No matter how critical or scathing. Directly to Mr. Dodgy, our social media manager, even though he doesn't know it, at (laughs) ChessProblem. Yeah. Yeah.